0: Thanks for listening to the best of Coast to Coast podcast and become a Coast Insider to hear the rest of this fascinating conversation and check out recent shows featuring guests sharing stories about growing up in a haunted house that was possessed by an evil presence. A nightmarish encounter with a UFO in the dead of night and the financial horror stories from those who won the lottery and lived to regret it. Head on over to coast dot com and sign up for Coast Insider to hear these programs and many more truly thought-provoking
1: shows from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
0: Adam, tell me how a pastor ended up writing a book about unafraid, living with the courage and hope in uncertain times.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking, George. So so part of what uh, our pre- you know, my preaching over the last 28 years, on a regular basis, I'm dealing with people's fears. Fear is uh, just a primal instinct in us. We're all wired for fear. We're actually hardwired to fear. It's a great gift. It keeps us alive, and it's why the human race still exists. It's you know, it's just wired into us. Maybe we can talk more about that in a second. But yeah. But what I found is that um, over the last year and a half, two years, people were more fearful, not just in our congregation, but in the community and, of course, nationally, the surveys were saying that people were more fearful than they have been at any time since 9-11. And, you know, there's a variety of factors involved in that. The you know, 24-hour news uh, is a piece of that. The, you know, what was going on in politics, the uncertainty happening in our world today. A host of factors, but people were more fearful than any time since 9/11. And I thought, you know, I've got to address this. And so I began thinking about this first in terms of a sermon series and how can I help the people, you know, that I shepherd be less fearful. And then as I was looking into what the scriptures taught about fear, it was obvious that people, even in biblical times, were fearful. There's over 400 references to fear in the Bible, and 140 references uh, to don't be afraid. And so I thought, okay, there's a lot to work with here in scripture. And then I began studying what uh, what experts in the field had to say, read, you know, all the best books I could find on fear, and then what therapists were saying about fear, and and that became a sermon series, which ultimately then, over the next year, uh, that was preached in set, the beginning of 2017, over the next year, became the book that, you know, have before us now, and I'm really convinced that for most of us, we all are fearful at, dif- at different times about different things, and and the levels of fear that we're seeing today are, are in some ways off the charts.
0: Well, you're right about, the, about this, too, that some fear, we do have a mechanism within our system. It's it's important for survival to be yes. able to fear, because if that's you were so fearless, you could really get into trouble.
1: Exactly. You know, if you don't have any fear when you're coming to the edge of a cliff, that's not good. You're supposed to feel this you know, this fear <laughs> and step back a little bit, right? Or rattlesnakes or, you know, driving your car recklessly. I mean, fear protects us. and uh, And again, we're hardwired for it. Our brain has a little a little element in it, on actually two on each hemisphere, called the amygdala. It's an almond-shaped and about an almond-sized uh, set of uh, neurons that that um, processes even before your brain can think about it. It processes possible threats. It's monitoring all of these sensors: your eyes, your ears, your smell, your taste, your touch, but also internal sensors. And uh, you know instantly, like the sensors in your car, you know it triggers a response, and that response is uh, to release certain hormones that uh, cause you to you know, breathe more shallow, it causes your muscles to tense up, it causes your heart to beat faster, your pupils to dilate, your hearing to become more attentive, and, and all of that is what we call the fight-or-flight mechanism, and we all experience it. When I was a kid, I had a dog come running after me while I was on my bike, and I'm convinced I you know, I rode that Schwinn faster than any kid had ever <laughs> ridden Schwinn, you know, because I had all of these chemicals in
0: He my was bike. coming after you, huh?
1: Exactly, exactly, and it, and it saves you, you know, and so it, it causes you to fight, it causes you to flee, or sometimes it causes you to freeze. And then you've got another mechanism, your cognitive mechanism, which is, you know, that part of your brain that draws upon memories of things that were bad experiences in the past. And when you come across them again in the future, it tells you, hey, be careful, this is something dangerous. Or, or it's also, you know, you're, as you're listening to data from other sources, you know, that are telling you these things are dangerous, you should be afraid it may maybe your parents or a teacher or, you know, as you grow up, it's the news or whatever it might be. You process all this data, and you're constantly scanning, and your imagination is kicking in to say, okay, this is something you should be afraid of. Be careful. And so between the amygdala and our imagination and our cognitive learning center, you know, we're, we're built to be afraid of what could harm us and to either be ready to fight it or to run from it.
0: Well, like you, when I was a kid, I got bitten by a dog who came out of nowhere. I was coming home from school. And in the, those days, as kids, I, I guess they wear them nowadays too. Those galoshes, those rubbers on your oh, yeah. shoes, with those metal metal clips, and I mean they're so big and rubbery. I mean you just can't run. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm walking down the sidewalk, and this dog comes out of nowhere. Um, he was uh, he wasn't that that big, but uh, you know nice size. And I mean I start running, he's running after me, and he gets me in the leg. And thank God he bit the rubber portion of the boots, uh, and uh, he didn't puncture me. And uh, my mother and dad were fanatics about health and stuff like that, so they're looking at my leg to make sure he didn't bite me or I'd get rabies and stuff like that. But for years, Adam, I was afraid of dogs. And I finally forced myself not to be afraid of dogs. I ended up, you know, being a dog owner quite a bit. Um, But as a kid... I mean, I didn't like to be around them at all, and, and that was a fear I had to overcome, um, and I used it to my that's, advantage and to my benefit. That's,
1: that's exactly right. That's a piece of what I talk about in the book, that what you did is you you leaned into your fears. You forced yourself to get to know a dog, to spend time with a dog. You decided to own a dog, but your fear was rightly based on an experience you had as a child, and that's scary. And somehow you had to overcome that, and if you hadn't, you'd still be afraid of dogs, and you'd be missing out on being, you know, I'm guessing you love your dog and and enjoy, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the company of a dog, but you would have missed out on that in life if you'd been ruled by your fear. And that is a classic, what you just described is a classic example of what psychologists describe as... uh, as extinction. You extinguished your fear by leaning into it, by actually forcing yourself to spend time with dogs until you finally became a dog owner. And then all of a sudden you realize not all dogs are like that dog that bit you when you were a kid.
0: What about conditioning for fear? I, I remember in our school days, we had bomb shelter warning training exercises where we would, then uh, this was during the Cold War, we would uh, hide under desks, you know, a lot that was going to do, uh, right. as, yeah, exactly. as practice, in case there was uh, an atomic bomb, right. and people right. built fallout shelters, and I mean, people were scared then, Adam. They really yeah. were scared, and I'm just wondering what what effect that has on people when you're afraid that much.
1: Right, and that uh, that is a really great example. Uh, so part of what they were doing when you were getting under your desk maybe 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 there was a chance that that might save you And we did the same thing when i was little um maybe that might have saved you it certainly gave you a feeling that you were doing something and so often what we need is to feel like in the face of fear there's something we can do many times we you know we sort of get paralyzed by our fears but if there's some way that we can act upon them that helps us feel a bit of peace about it and i think that you know, I, I grew up with that fear that we were there was going to be a, an atomic war. Uh, the Russians were going to bomb us, and uh, and so in the back of my mind, and, and that really hit a peak around 1982 for me. When uh, you may remember, there was a plane that was down with a senator on it, and uh, you know this was sort of the height of the Cold War, 1982, 83, somewhere in there, and uh, and there was a TV program that was developed that you know I think it was the day after or something like that about a, a nuclear war that was coming and or you know that happened. There were actually Nuclear bombs dropped here in Kansas, actually in Lawrence, Kansas, and around there. But you know, I grew up with that kind of fear, and uh it was interesting. I heard you mention earlier you went to Russia at some point. Uh, is that right?
0: No, 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 no,
1: no. Okay, I thought, or maybe no. okay, maybe you were just talking about uh, Russians so somewhere in there. Anyway, I went to Russia. I
0: and knew I went, Russian Russian okay. people, but here,
1: I, I think that was it. So I went to Russia. I've been to Russia a number of times, and I remember standing around one of their war mo- uh, memorials over there, and I was talking with a young woman who was my age. Uh, well back when I was a young man and uh, as we were walking around I was telling her about about our fear of Russians as I was growing up and she was telling me about her fear of Americans as she was growing up and how America was going to invade Russia and how they had to protect themselves and and they did these same drills that we did over here because they were certain we were going to attack and I thought how interesting that we were both taught that the other was ready to attack us and destroy us and uh, and how that shaped our our lives as young adults and then and here we are we were friends and so it's Kind of interesting how you know some of those fears are shaped by what's going on in our culture, some by what what we hear about in the news. Uh, in in that case, uh, by the global you know the global Cold War that was going on. But fear is just it's it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. We're not always fearing, but you know we did a little survey just to find out. We surveyed twenty four hundred people to find out how much fear uh, people are living with, and it was interesting. The most fearful people are actually young adults, eighteen to thirty five and uh and of those 45% were living with significant levels of fear and 43% with moderate levels levels of fear meaning that they regularly are fearful but moderate i'm not debilitated by it significant i feel debilitated at times by my fear and so 88% and and as you go down you find the people who were least fearful were actually those who were over 75 and in that case there were 61% living with moderate or significant levels of fear and part of what that tells us is the older we get the more we come to realize that many of the things we fear are not going to happen or they're not going to be as bad as we fear they will be
0: and with with this fear system that that people have within themselves how do you overcome that
1: yeah so so there's uh, there's four steps I outlined in the book and these steps are it's an acronym uh, using the word fear and uh, these are things that people have classically done you know throughout history human beings have done these things in order to overcome their fears or to you know, to live with courage and hope in the face of fear. and uh, and and I, I put them as an acronym so people could remember them. So the first one is facing your fears. and uh, And that is facing your fears with a bias of hope. That is, okay, most of the time, things don't turn out you know as bad as i'm I'm fearful that they will be. I'm going to assume the best instead of the worst and our and our nature is to assume the worst of whatever we're facing. So facing your fears with a bias of hope, uh, examining your assumptions in the light of the facts, so that's the E in fear, examining your assumptions in the light of the facts, and so you get the facts, and when you get the facts, you find that, again, you probably don't need to be as, as, as scared as you, as you might be. So facts often will, will help us. Attacking your anxiety with action is the A, and so taking action, that helps us alleviate our fears. And the last one is... Uh, and this in, in particular applies to people of faith, is releasing your cares to God, believing that you're not alone in this universe, that there's somebody bigger than you are, and just simply trusting. And, and for some it would be trusting in providence or you know, luck or something else, but for people of faith it would be trusting that there is a God who knows your name, who cares about you, who is with you and watches over you. And, and so these four steps, facing your fears with faith or with a vice of hope, examining your assumptions in the light of the facts, Attacking your anxieties with action and releasing your cares to God are what you find modern therapists often using. It's what you find, uh, it's what people have done forever. And so, you know, as throughout our conversation, I'll kind of come back to these and unpack those uh, in various ways. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.